Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Pictures presents a story for our time. Look at your life through heaven's eyes. A celebration of the human spirit. guys welcome back to the tragedy of cinema episode number 25 hi i'm your host jimbo sorry terrence is still under the weather um he's been really down and out so i figured i wanted to get something out to you and this is going to be a special episode because it will be our first animation uh, movie this was requested by natalie knight um if you don't know who natalie knight is she's the wonderful talented lady that did our podcast art logo um, that you see when you pull it up. If you're in the Facebook group, um, you've seen it uh, on the, on our site already. Uh, so we think she did a fantastic job. So I wanted to make sure we did something extra special for her. So she requested The Prince of Egypt. So I'm going to be covering The Prince of Egypt today. 
So before we get started, um, since it's been about two weeks, I did put out on Facebook that um, if you put where you listen to this from, that I would shout your name out. So I'm going to go ahead and shout out these names. So we had David and Laura Martin from Indiana. We had Patrick Sheehan from Cleveland, Ohio. Felipe Reina, he put Roma, Italy, which is not true. He's actually in Indianapolis, Indiana. But um, I'd like to take a special second to shout out Marcus, um, his grandson. He just joined the Navy, so thank you for your service, Marcus. Then we have Leanne Hobbs Abbott from Brazil, Indiana. A longtime friend of the family and my friend. Uh, Samuel Farrell, Suffolk, Virginia. Um, You guys know Sam. He's the creator and moderator of our Facebook page and the one that always wanted the Godfather done. Then we have Shane McGill from Taylorsville, Kentucky. Lori Worgan West from Fishers, Indiana. Charlie Runner from Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Emily Iconelli, Newark, Delaware. Emily was probably one of our very first uh, listeners along with Samuel. So thank you, Emily. Uh, Then we have Hilary D'Souza. She was actually put Hurricane Dorian in Florida because they were right in the path of the hurricane that was coming through. So hope everything went okay there. We have uh, Tim Mullins from Hot Springs, Arkansas. For those of you that have never listened before, Tim is the, um, I guess, the creator of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Cancel that. He's not the creator of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hillbilly Horror House. Um, He's also, that has now been canceled, but he is still continuing with some new product um, with Mullins Media, and he's got some new stuff coming out, so make sure you check him out. Then we have Jim Kabzinski, sorry I terenced it, uh, from Mooresville, Indiana, and Jeff Kabinski from Greenwood, Indiana. So thank you everybody for letting us know where you listen from. Uh, Sorry it's been a while, but Terrence, I, I mean, I thought he went to Area 51 and got got taken away i guess he 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 didn't properly watch naruto so they must have caught him uh no he's really sick so just be with him so i thought i'd put this out there since terrence you know always has a problem pronouncing names and you know hooked on phonics wasn't working for him so i had to go out and recruit some of my friends to help him out to see if we couldn't get this situated and get this fixed so here's my friends terrence give this a listen this one's for you bud ladies and gentlemen I'm going to sit down. I'm going to test your mental coordination. Sit down. I'm going to test your mental coordination with a little sit down. With a little number called swing in the alphabet. Swing it, brother. Swing, swing it. Swing it. Right. Swing it. Right. 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 right up. Right. I'll explain it so even you can understand. My colleagues will assist. Ready, sister? Get that junk out of here. Come on, boys. Scram. I'll give you the idea in a nutshell. B A B B E B B I Picky Bye B O B. I'll give you the correct demonstration. Cutie pie, pound those horse teeth. B-A-B-E-B-E-B-E-I, Bicky-Bye, B-O-B-O, Bicky-Bye, Bo, B-U-Boo, Bicky-Bye, Bo-Boo. Get the idea, girls? Now we'll all join together on the letter D. Jiggy Jai, Joe, Jiggy Jai, Joe, G-U-Joe, Jiggy 
Larry, Curly, and Mo for helping out my buddy Terrence. Hopefully Terrence got a kicked out of it. Um, I know he's been down and out. He's been sleeping a lot, so it's one of my favorites. Three Stooges are one of my favorites anyway, so I'm hoping uh, he enjoyed it. We also had a question from Shane McGill. He sent me a question that I had never really thought about before. He asked, when was the first green screen used? So as I dug deep into this, the very first green screen, green screen wasn't actually green. Um, they actually used blue screen before they did green screen because the blue screen worked better with celluloid film. It was uh, created by a production team at RKO, RKO Radio Pictures in the late 30s. The Thief of Baghdad showed a genie flying out of a bottle in 1940s. Um, the green screen is mostly used now and more common these days because most of the films are being digitally made, so it's it's easier for them to, to do it digitally with a green screen. Um, I don't know a lot more about it, but that's what we're going with. So here we go. We're going to jump right into The Prince of Egypt. Um, this, Like I said, this was requested by Natalie Knight. We wanted to do something special for her since she did do our logo and did a fantastic job. Um, and there is an interview with her that I will put at the end of this, um, so you guys can uh, check her out. She's going to put uh, give out all her information, where you can reach her if you want something done. Uh, she's also going to put it out on the social media we have, the Facebook, so be on the lookout for that. So, The Prince of Egypt. Its release date was December 18th, 1998. Its budget was estimated at $70 million. Opening weekend? $14.5 million. Gross USA was $101.4 million estimated. The worldwide gross, $218.6 million estimated. So it made a lot of money worldwide. This was directed by three people. You had Brenda Chapman, Steve Hickner, and Simon Wells. It was produced by Penny Finkelman Cox and Sandra Rabins. The music by was uh, by Hans Zimmer and Stephen Schwartz for the songs. Edited by Nick Fletcher. The production company was DreamWorks Animation. Writing credits was Philip Lezebnik. Uh, the writer was Nicholas Meyer for additional screenplay material. And now we'll jump into some of the technical aspects of this. The runtime is an hour and 39 minutes. Um, when you watch this movie, it doesn't really seem that long because you're so engrossed into the movie. 
The sound mix was uh, sound mix was Dolby Digital. Uh, the, it was in color, of course. Aspect ratio was one point six six to one negative ratio. Um, the laboratory was Technicolor. The negative format is thirty five millimeter. The cinematographic process is spherical. The printed film format was thirty five millimeter with the Kodak Vision two three eight three. So, as you can see, this is the first animated movie, so there's a lot more uh, stuff to get into. Um, so, it also, the thing about this movie is the um, music in this movie was uh, so well done that it really helped the movie flow. Um, so, it won several awards. It also got nominated for a lot more. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going to go through some of the major ones. Um We'll start off with the Academy Awards, the USA in 1999. It was the winner of the Oscar for the Best Music Original Song by Stephen Schwartz for the song When You Believe, which was the duet sung by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Um, it was also nominated for the Oscar for the Best Musical, um, Original Musical or Comedy Score by Stephen Schwartz and Hans Zimmer. Golden Globes, USA, 1999. It was nominated for the Golden Globe for the Best Original Score for Motion Picture, which was Stephen Schwartz and Hans Zimmer. Also, the Best Original Song for the Motion Picture, Stephen Schwartz, for the song When You Believe. The Academy of Science, Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, USA, 1999. And I did not understand why this was in there. Um, because it's, it's not fiction or fantasy, you know, it's not science fiction, it's not fantasy, it's not horror. So, but the, it was nominated for the Saturn award for the best action adventure and thriller film for best music uh, and for best music by Hans Zimmer. The Alma awards in 1999, it was a nominee for outstanding performance of a song for a feature film for uh, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston for the song, when you believe. Also, the ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards in the year 2000, it was the winner of the ASCAP Award for the Most Performed Songs from Motion Pictures by Stephen Schwartz and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds for the song, When You Believe. Can you see a trend here? Now, here's a funny one. The Blockbuster Entertainment Awards in the year 2000, it was nominated for the favorite song from a movie, Internet Only. Uh, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston for the song When You Believe. The Broadcast Film Critics Association Awards from 1999. It was a winner for the Best Animated Film, which it actually tied with A Bug's Life uh, from 1998. And the Best Song, Stephen Schwartz for, you guessed it, When You Believe. The Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association Awards. Um, it was a winner for the Best Animated Film in 1999. The Florida Film Critics Circle Awards in 1999 was a winner. The Grammy Awards in the year 2000, they were nominated for the Best Song Written for a Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media, which was Stephen Schwartz and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds for the song of The Prince of Egypt, When You Believe. Best Soundtrack Album. The best soundtrack album, uh, Hans Zimmer, the producer, Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, the producer, Michael O'Martian, the producer, Jimmy Jam, producer, and Terry Lewis, the producer. And it was also nominated, uh, the Grammy, for the best pop collaboration with vocals, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston for the song, When You Believe. 
the International Film Music Critics Award, IFMCA, in 1998. It was a nominee for Best Original Score for an Adventure Film by Hans Zimmer. The Motion Picture Sound Editors USA it was nominated for the Golden Reel Award for Best Sound Editing for an Animated Feature and Best Sound Editing Music for an Animated Feature. So I wanted to throw that in there. That's something that we haven't really talked about um, since it is animated. It was also in 1999, there was a lot of awards given out for the Online Film and Television Association um, it won for the best family picture with Penny Finkelman Cox and Sandra Robbins. Um, and it was nominated for a whole slew of different stuff, including best music, best voiceover performance, best family actor, uh, best family ensemble, best music original song, uh, best music original song again, uh, and the best cinematic moments. The Online Film Critics Society Awards in 1999. It was a nominee for the best original score by Hans Zimmer. The Satellite Awards in 1999, a nominee for Best uh, Motion Picture, Animated, or Mixed Media, Penny Finkelman-Cox, or Sandra Robbins. Best Original Song, Stephen Schwartz, for you guessed it, When You Believe. And yes, finally we come to, it's not the the schmooze that we talk about, I found this one pretty funny. It is the Stinkers Bad Movie Award, 1998. It was a nominee for the Stinker Award for the worst song in a motion picture, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston for When You Believe. So there you have it. You have one that's they're winning Grammys and stuff, then you have one that there's a stinker. So I guess you can't please everybody. So um, for those of you that don't know, this is based um, on the book uh, in the Bible of Exodus. Uh, the story of Moses can be found there. But there's a little difference um, between this animation feature and the story. So I'm gonna, here's some that I found. Um, Moses was actually adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, not his wife. Uh, Moses really murdered the Egyptian uh, slave master. It wasn't an accident where he accidentally knocked him off and he fell to his death, as in this movie. Uh, Aaron helped Moses. He never doubted him. Um, so it was Aaron always went with Moses to Pharaoh. And then it was Aaron's rod and... Uh, that he threw down that became a, a serpent and uh, the blood uh, the river that turned to blood was actually Aaron's rod not Moses so the synopsis of this is a prince of Egypt learns the truth about his Hebrew past ultimately commanded by God to travel back to Egypt to convince his brother Ramses who has now become the new Pharaoh to let God's people the Hebrew people leave out of Egypt and into the land God has promised them all right, so now let's get into some of the cast. This has one of the biggest all-star casts that I could find. I mean, that that you can find in a movie. Um, I'll go through the cast real quick, and then we'll go back through and like we usually do, and see some of the people that could have been cast that actually you know maybe tried out and didn't get it or had scheduling conflicts. So we'll start off. Val Kilmer. He plays Moses. He also is uncredited, but he also played the voice of God in this movie. Actually, there all the major actors had a um, part as the voice of God. They all wanted him to say it at the same time, but they, they realized that after they recorded it, that they needed a, a bigger voice, a larger sounding, so Val Kilmer ended up taking the lead in that. 
Ralph Finney's of Finney's as Ramses II, Moses's adoptive brother and eventual successor to Seti. He, uh, so he was, um, man, he done a really good job in this movie. Michelle Pfeiffer as Zipporah, Jethro's oldest daughter and eventually becomes Moses's wife. Sandra Bullock, she played Miriam, which was Moses and Aaron's sister. Um, Eden Regal provides the voice of a younger Miriam in this movie. Jeff Goldblum plays Aaron, which is Moses' brother. Danny Glover played Jethro, or Zipporah's father and the Midian High Priest. Patrick Stewart, yes, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, played the Pharaoh Seti, who was uh, Ramsey's uh, father, which was Moses' adoptive father in the beginning of this movie. Helen Mirren as Queen Tuya which was Seti's wife, which was Ramsey's mother and Moses' adoptive mother. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Boy, them guys can do anything together. Uh, they played Hotep and Huai, respectively. Um, Ofra Heza as Yakved, which was Miriam and Aram's mother and Moses' biological mother. But she also sang, this, this is crazy, she sang her character's number, Deliver Us, in 17 other languages for the film's dubbing. 17 other languages, she sang. Bobby Motown played uh, Ramsey's son. And director Brenda Chapman briefly voices Miriam when she sings the lullaby to Moses. The vocals had been recorded for a, from a, or for a scratch audio track, which was intended to be replaced later by Sally Dworsky. The track turned out so well that guess what? They left it in the film, which is fantastic. So now let's talk about some of the um, the characters, the cast that uh, could have been in this movie. So for Moses, we had Leonardo DiCaprio, Dennis Quaid, and Mark Wahlberg. I mean, wow. Um, also, um, for Ramses, Robert De Niro, and Gary Oldman. Uh, Zipporah, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Miriam, Ellen DeGeneres. I'm not sure how I quite feel about that one. Um, uh, Juliet Benoche and Mary McDowell. I'm sorry, McDonald. Aaron, Michael J. Fox. Now, I that, that could have been interesting. I'd like to see that. Uh, David Foley or Dave Foley and Scott Bakula. Uh, Jethro, James Earl Jones, Keith David. And Vernon Wells. A little side note here. This was Michelle Pfeiffer's first ever animated film. I thought that was very interesting. Um, For the Pharaoh's Seti, which was the Pharaoh at the beginning of the movie, Jeremy Irons and Ian McKellen. Now, I think that he would have done outstanding too. Uh, For Queen Tuya, Carol Burnett. I mean, man. This cat, I mean, any way they would have went with these, I still think it would have been fantastic. Uh, for Hotep, which was uh, Steve Martin, uh, they, they had Richard Shift. And then for Hawaii, which was uh, our Tom, which was Martin Shorts, Tom Waits tried. Now, there's something funny that you guys are going to laugh at, but the characters that Steve Martin and Martin Short play, you know, they're friends. Uh, they recorded all their lines together for this uh, this film, this animation. 
And they do a lot together. As a matter of fact, they're coming into town, or they just came to town. I think it's at the end of this month. They're coming into town doing their little thing together. Uh, but they've been friends for a while. But they, they, they was, there was also a talk of having, yes, Cheech Martin and Tommy Chong as Hotep and Huai, or who, who H-U-I. Um, that, that could have been great, crazy too, man. I just, I just can't pick, I mean, I'm glad Martin and Short are in there. They're, they're pretty good. So here we go. Let's get into some notes. The, uh, production team, uh, met with over six, close to 600 religious experts to make the film as accurate as possible. And they wanted to be faithful to the story. So, um, they were praised. Um, the studio was praised for actually reaching out and trying to get um, all the information they could. I mean, they took stuff from the Bible. They took stuff from the Quran. They took stuff from some other religious writings. Um, so it's very, very good. This movie was banned in several countries, which included Egypt, Malaysia, Maldives, and Indonesia. Although later on, um, the Indonesia ban was, uh, wasn't, I mean, it was released in video CD format. So I don't know if it's actually unbanned, but it was banned there in Indonesia for a time. Uh, the, uh, let's see here. The lady, uh, Brenda Chapman. Yes. The lady, she was the first woman to co-direct an animated movie from a major movie studio. When Jeffrey Katzenberg assigned her to co-direct this movie, owing it to their relationship at Disney Studios, and also her acclaimed work on Beauty and the Beast in 1991 and The Lion King in 1994, so he seen what she did there. Said, "Hey, why don't you come on over? Let's uh, let me let me help you out here. We'll we'll throw this bone to you." So, kudos to her. Uh, during the parting of the Red Sea. Um, this is probably my favorite shot in the movie. The, and you'll hear more when me and Natalie talk here in a little bit. But there's a scene where Moses parts the Red Sea. If you haven't seen this movie, make sure you watch it. Because I'm getting ready to go into some stuff. Or if you don't know the story, read it in Exodus. But Moses parts the Red Sea. The children of Israel are walking on dry grounds. And um, you see like a lightning flash. And there's a like a well in the background. You see it's just real little. And it goes dark again. And as they're walking along, it flashes again, and the well is right there next to him walking. But people are saying that, hey, it's not really a well, um, because the creature the, the creature that you see, it moves its tail side to side, which wells do not do. So that means that the sea creature um, could have been a well shark. So we'll see. I mean, it's a cartoon, people. Don't, 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 don't overthink it. It's, it's still a fantastic shot. I mean, in some of the... Like me and Natalie talk about some of the scenes in this movie, the colors they used, the um, like when Moses puts his staff in the water and the blood comes out, um, just the way they do that. And then when the angel of death comes, our angel of God comes down and kills the firstborn. Oh man, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, also, the four minute parting of the Red Sea sequence I'm talking about, it took 10 animators two years to complete for four minutes fantastic it's just one of the best scenes of the movie um another thing i just finished watching this so another thing is moses um gets called by god um and he's talking god's talking to him through a burning bush and he tells moses hey take off your shoes you know you're standing on holy ground so moses takes them off and when he leaves 
he doesn't put them back on. So he's barefoot for the entire rest of the movie. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ofra Haza recorded her famous River Lullaby while singing it to a baby doll to allow herself um, expression and love as much and much emotion as possible. So she was really trying to get into character by doing that. Um, there, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where Moses and Ramses are racing their chariots and uh, they're going over scaffolding. I mean, it's, it's really crazy what they're doing. I mean, that, there's no way they could have done that in real life, but they, they, they paid a little homage to the Sphinx of Egypt when they were going through and they actually hit a statue of one of the pharaohs and his nose breaks off. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, this is the most expensive non-Disney animated theatrical movie ever made at the time, which was finally beaten out by Final Ferrets, Final, Final Ferrets, the Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within movie in 2001. Um, since it was one of the highest, most anticipated movies of 1998, it was sent to theaters under the title Edgar Allan to disguise the real title before the world premiere. I mean, why can't they went ahead and put Poe in there? So Edgar Allan Poe. So they didn't. So I guess we'll stick with that. Um, even though it was created digitally, all releases of this movie are sh- struck from film to uh, from film stock. So that is very interesting there, too. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, um, man, you need to watch it. Uh, well, um, you say I'm not very religious. Well, when we talked to Natalie here in a minute, when I put her interview in, you'll find out she wasn't. Um, it was tied to her childhood where her dad had several movies, and this is the one she picked. And she was like, you know, my brother and sister chose, you know, like Lion King 2 or something. I can't remember what she says because we did about two weeks ago. And uh, she said, I, I got stuck with the Prince of Egypt. But she said, you know, she wasn't really religious. But, man, the, the movie, the, um, the story of redemption uh, between Moses and his people, between God and, the, and his people, um, the tear on your heartstrings between Moses' adoptive family and Moses' real family. And like I said, um, when all the plagues start coming down and you see there's a scene in the movie that that I was talking about where the angel of death comes and uh, kills all the firstborn uh, male children of the house if they didn't have the the lamb's blood above their doorposts or on the sides. And uh, there's a scene that always stuck with me. And it's when a little kid, he's probably about, I don't know, I'd say eight, he's walking up with a pot. Um, and he goes, he's walking up the stairs and he goes in this house and the angel, you know, this light follows him. And then you see, you hear the pot break and you see his little hand fall out of the doorway. I mean, it's really emotional. Um, there's another one where you see there's a candle in this house, um, on the upstairs and the angel death goes in there and you see it, you can see it's like suck the life out of something. And then the candle goes out. Um, and then what's really, really gets your, your heartstrings going is, after the angel's done and it's, and it's going back to heaven or the sky, um, all of a sudden you just hear the crying, like the crying of all, you know, just welling and crying. And it's just fantastic. I mean, you start thinking about your own family, like your firstborn that you have, um, if that was you and, and you you've seen that come and, and found out that they were dead. Um, man, it's a tough movie. So I think I'm going to put in the... Uh, interview with uh natalie and myself right here 
Um, so take a listen. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema. I have with me on the phone from across the pond, Natalie Knight. Natalie, how are you tonight? Hey, James, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Um, just so everybody knows, you are the creator of the uh, podcast art logo that we are now officially using for the podcast. So, yep. and you also, we also wanted to get you on here and let you promote your business and all that, which we'll do towards the end of this. But right now, you wanted us to talk about the Prince of Egypt because I said, well, you know, if you've got a movie you'd like us to do, we can do that. And you chose, well, does it have to be a movie or can it be like animation? So I said, yeah, give us some. So you, you shouted out some, like the Prince of Egypt and, like, uh, was it the Howl's Moving Castle or something? Yeah, a lot of, like, Ghibli related to films, but Prince of Egypt's, like, close to my heart. So that's definitely, like, almost number one, I would say. All right. Now, why is it close to your heart? Was it is something to do with your family or is it from your childhood or...? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so when I used to go over my dad's on the weekend with my family... Um, we'd watch movies and have takeout as kids. And, like, literally one day he had three movies we had to choose. And I think I chose last, not The Prince of Egypt. At first I was like, oh, you know, I'm not too sure because I didn't like the look of the cover. I was a kid. So, you know, I was like, oh, it looks a bit boring because I think my brother or sister had Lion King too. And I was like, oh, it looks way better. <laughs> so, yeah. so we um, ended up watching it on that night and... I literally just fell in love with it. I think I watched it again in the morning, and I always try and watch it if I have a mood for it. Like, I'll click it on straight away. Right. Um, the thing about this movie is that jumped out at me was, like, um, the animation. I guess it was the, the, the different colors and the shading. I mean, I don't know a lot about all that, but it seemed so different from some of the other cartoons that I had watched just based upon that aspect of it. Yeah, it's definitely got like a mature look to the style of the characters, I would say. And also the vivid colours. Oh, I think together just makes it like a fantastic, vibrant, yet mature film right. for all ages. And the, and the music in this movie, I just think it makes it brings it to life a lot quicker, you know what I mean? Right from the opening scene, when they're doing that Deliver Us, you know, and it just carries on throughout the whole movie. Oh, I literally get shivers every time I hear that song at the beginning when there's, like, the thud, and then it yep. opens up to the opening. I'm like, I keep repeating it. Yep. I can't help it. You it's know, good. they start talking about, like, the mud and the sand and the hay, you know, and it just, you see the slaves over there just starting to build the stuff for the Egyptians, and it just starts tugging at you right away. Yeah, especially like, when it then cuts to, like, the quieter music where it leads towards, like, the, um poorer families and the soldiers come my heart just races that part and then you hear like Moses's mother start singing yeah say the shivers keep going yeah you know and then just then just to see you know when when that uh, the basket that he was in you know going through the waters you know you got the hippos fighting and then the oars of the the other ships there you know and you're thinking oh man he's gonna sink <laughs> you know that somehow he miraculously <laughs> makes it all the way to the Pharaoh's daughter or whatever um, it's amazing how he survives. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so, do you have any special uh, scenes of this movie? Um, special scenes. That's, uh, like, like I'll, I'll give you two of mine. Um, one of them is when he goes to parts the Red Sea. He takes, he walks out in the water, you know, and he takes his staff and he just puts it down in the middle of the water, and the water just, whoosh, you know, that that animation right there is, is I think, is pretty amazing. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I then, mean, and, time. Right, and then and then just a little bit past that, when they're actually crossing on the dry ground and the the walls of water on both sides, and you see the lightning flash and you see the the well or whatever in the very background, right? And it goes dark, and you're like, whoa! And then you see it flash again, and it's like right there, right next to them. Yeah, it's like a mysterious feel to it. Oh man, it was fantastic. Um, I thought that was one of the best animated sequences I've ever seen. Oh, not a doubt, definitely. Is there now you being an animator, uh, what what other scenes stuck out to you besides those? I would say um, Deliver Us is always the one that I the most, just because of like all the emotional. Um, moments in it, like when the mother's singing and pushing the baby away, that always gets me. Oh yeah, and then but she has that single tear falling down her face or whatever, you know, I was like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh yeah, as a kid that never affected me, but I watched it recently, and let's, let's just say I started going with it as well. You start <laughs> understanding it more, don't you, as an adult. Right. Um, um, I would say as a kid, the one, or well, the two parts that always got me was, um, the nightmare Moses has, <clears throat> where the whole style changes up, I oh. always find that um, one that sticks into my head. Oh yeah. Just music as well. Yep. Um, I found it quite terrifying as a child, but now I'm like intrigued by it. Right, and uh, um, I, th I think that you know, um, it's also a story of redemption, um, because you know, um, I know the biblical account. You know, I've been to Bible college. Um, but, you know, watching it as a, as a cartoon, you know, there's some stuff that obviously they took liberties with, but it is a fantastic movie for kids and adults alike. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I will say I'm not really religious at all. Right. But this one opened my eyes to that part of, like, you know, humanity and, like, you know, having self-belief and also belief in others. Right. Did, now, did, did, I don't think, did, sorry. Did you know the story of Moses before you watched this? As a child, I just knew the parting of the sea. Um, I didn't really know much of it. As I grew up, I understood the story. So every time I watched it, right. it was like, a, oh, yeah, this happened and that happened. And as an adult now, um, you get a whole new thought of, like, right. not just, like, the storyline, but also, like, how people or characters felt in this movie, like, the um, suffering and everything. Yep. And then when they finally get to the new land that has milk and honey, as God says, yep. um, you just have that satisfaction of, like, they're okay now, you know, they need to be, and it makes it more of a happy film, besides Ramesses, you know, crying. Right. Um, yeah, that, that that scene, you know, always got me, you know, where Moses, you know, he brings the water comes crashing down on all the Egyptians, too. You know, that's that was part of his heritage, too. Yeah, so, yeah you know, that, that was his family. Yeah, that was his family, too. So, yeah, that it's a, it's a fantastic movie. If nobody has ever watched this movie, you need to at least give it a shot, I would say. And it might eventually become one of your favorites. And the soundtrack is fantastic on top of it. So, oh, okay. yeah, definitely. All right, Natalie, now let's talk a little bit more about your um, passion, I guess, your love, your occupation. So where did you go to school? Um, I'm assuming you went to school for your uh, love of art. Yeah, um, for the university, I actually pretty much stayed in Wales. Um, I went to University of South Wales. Okay. Um, at first, I did want to do 2D animation. I ended up studying CG. Uh-huh. 
And thanks to choosing that instead, um, I was open to a whole new world of like possibilities of drawing animation and computer animation. So I did that for three years, and um, you know, from there on, um, had an opportunity to work in a studio and worked on children's programs. Um, enjoyed that a lot. Had a really good time. And now you, s- like, you, you say John's programs. What is that? Oh, children's program. Oh, children's program. Sorry, my, my ears. <laughs> I was like, what is a child's program? So, 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 yeah. So do you actually have a, de- what's your degree actually in? Um, it's a Bachelor of the Arts okay. degree, and that's for computer animation. Okay. Now, did you always want to go into that field when you were younger, or was there something else you wanted to do, or have you always just loved drawing and doodling, or...? always like I wasn't the best sportsman um, wasn't the best person with maths or anything with drawing like I was happy to delve right into that as a kid right and with the encouragement of teachers thank god you know I, I had great teachers um, great family as well that encouraged me right and from there I just kept drawing and drawing I'd spend hours in my room just drawing as a teenager as well <laughs> so, yeah I had a great uh, teenage life. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I mean, you, you do fantastic work. Obviously, you know how, how proud I am of that logo, and I'm glad to have you part of the Facebook group and everything. So um, one thing I will say that she does take um, requests to draw stuff. Um, she charges a little bit, but um, she does keep in constant contact with you about anything. So when, when, when I told her what I was looking for, she was like, I was like, well, I was like, I don't really ask for much. I was like, here's, here's me, here's Terrence. I was like, and this is what we do. And she came up with the design and everything herself. So, how long does it take you to go from a concept to the reality of like the the finished product? I know it didn't take you very long with ours, like maybe two weeks, if that. Yeah. Um, so it, it really just depends on how well I communicate with a client. Um, if it's like really simple. On set, then it could take like a week, but I would say two weeks is usually the um, get-go timing, just because of communication, and also in case they want any um, edits done last minute, which is fine. I'm completely happy to do anything for the client as long as they're happy. I'm happy. Right. Um, like yeah, the, so the first thing you sent me, you know, it was like it was like I was at the store looking at one of those how to draw comics, you know, and it was just it was I could tell it was me and Terrence, and I was like, wow, this is pretty good. I didn't know where, even where you were going to go with it. And then you sent that second one, and I was like, well, and I thought you were done because that's how good it looked. And then you're like, oh no, I'm just I'm just fooling around. This is just some rough drafts. I was like, I told Terrence, I said rough drafts. I was like, this thing looks like it'd be hanging in an art gallery. But you even weren't done yet, because that was just the black and white one, you know, and you was like, oh, I haven't added Terrence's beard or any color or anything. I was just messing around, and I was just like, wow, this is going to be really amazing by the time you get done. I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it. Like, literally, the um, concepts, um, which I've gotten the, like, the delivery of the rough drawings you wanted. Okay. There was quite a few that I went through of the... Um, of the tape and everything it was a lot of fun towards it but I'm really glad you like the um, the rough concept itself oh. I always find that the really fun part oh yeah yeah I mean I had really no idea what, what I was even looking for but now that I have it I think it's perfect oh thank you so much <laughs> now I, I, it's literally one of my favorites I've done <laughs> so far yeah I told you I was like uh, I said just throw it into your portfolio you know um, so if you had a dream job 
would you want to be uh, work for like uh, animation studio like Disney or DreamWorks or you know Pixar or would you like to create your own studio or your own animation studio or or what? Oh, that's the fifty-fifty. Like, Tommy really wants to like work in like Pixar or even DreamWorks, anything like that to do like character design the most, more even more than animation, I would say. And um, but also, I would love to do my own animations. So it's like my storyline, my designs, and then work with a bunch of people. So I think it's just depending on what story I'd want to use be depending on how I'd be in charge of things if you get my drift. Right, right, right. Now is there any is there any story out there that you would want to convert into an animation or would you just like to come up with your own story and convert it into animation? I have written a few stories that I would love to make into shorts, like okay. animation shorts. I would love, love, love it. Um, obviously, it just takes a lot of time and also takes money. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, if I saved a few bits, I'd love to just, you know, pay my own time and make these shorts because I know exactly what I want. Right. It's just, just making it happen. Yeah, and finding the time to actually do it, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, part of me is like, oh, maybe I'll just do a storybook of it instead of the animation. Oh, I think but, uh, I think it would be fantastic as a storybook too, or a comic book, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a couple of storybook ideas as well. I'm hoping to get started on this year. Right. And uh, you send me yeah. you send me those links to your um, like your YouTube channel um, that I checked out. Man, you did some pretty good work back at like the uh, the whole wizard. In the, fighting the thing in the fire. Oh yeah, um, I helped with the um, animation for a few of those shots mainly. Yeah, that was. Um, I can't take credit for the looks of it, but they were some of my friends made. But I absolutely enjoyed working on those projects. Right, and then was that like your completed project that you submitted in for your final for your degree at college? Some of them were, some of them were the year before. Okay. But because I loved him so much, I was like, oh, stick it in the show reel. Like, like, I like the one where the lady cuts in on the guy dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it just cut off. I was like, oh, she's getting ready to go back over there. You know what I mean? And I was like, uh-oh. And then it just cut. I was like, man, where's the rest of it? Because it was so good. Oh, that was... Um my friend uh, directed that and I animated for it. Basically, the storyline was um, this guy was trying to meet someone at a dance party and these two women were trying to get some of him and he was having none of it. He was trying to escape. Right. And, turn, yeah, and turns out he's actually after another guy in the party and both of them are like, what? what's going on? Kind of <laughs> Man, it was funny. I was cracking up. Um, so, why don't you go ahead and give everybody your contact information in case they would like? I'm sure you do like uh, commission works for, let's say, like I don't know, anim- like uh, Christmas ca- cartoon Christmas cards or even portraits of families as cartoons or anything. So, why don't you go ahead and give us all your contact information, like the best way to get a hold of you, the best way to reach you? Um, I would say the two best ways to reach me is on staff. One on my Facebook. Um, I'm in the group, so they can find me easily in there. But if you want to email me details of what you'd like, um, my email is natalieandnight@hotmail.co.uk, and literally just tell me what you want. 
um, we can discuss prices and everything, and I'll crack on and get it done in two weeks for you. Well, hey, don't put yourself in a time like that. I mean, take your time because they see what you did with us. You know what I mean? It could be, could be something very crazy. But also, I sent you the trailer for our uh, our, our promo for the podcast. We, yeah. You said I asked you if you did any animation. I was like, I told Terrence, I was like, bro, we might be cartoons pretty soon, and I was just like, this would be the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> I was listening to it a good few times yesterday. Actually, I'm doing some doodles of what would be great for it. I've got a couple of um, brand ideas for that. Yeah, you need to have like Terrence in like 3D glasses, like falling off his face or something. You know, just something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Um, is there anything else you'd like to promote? Do anything else you do? Any other, uh, you know, you want to put your YouTube channel out there or anything? Um, I'd like to put my Instagram out. Yeah, put everything out. Go ahead. Just Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever. You there? Natalie. I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. You dropped. I can't get out. Sorry. Yeah, you dropped out there for a second. Uh, well, it's all your stuff you wanted to put in. Yeah, so uh, my Instagram, which is Optimistic Nats, that's definitely one I want to put in there for people to check out. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously my Facebook, which is called uh, Nats, no, Natalie Nights Art and Animation, and it's got a picture of a cat on it, so if you can't find it, just look for the cat. Okay. And what, and what else I'm going to do is I'm going to put a, a thing on the Facebook uh, group. Um, tell them that I recorded with you, and then I'm going to have you put all your information in the comments, you know, put up, put, do like your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your projects, whatever you want in their YouTube channel, and then that way they can be more readily available to contact you um, in case, you know, some of this audio dropped out or whatever, then they'll still be able to get a hold of you. That sounds like a plan. I love it when a plan comes together. Well, Natalie, you know, I, I told you that I dropped... Um, dropped this artwork on some of my fellow podcasters and some of my uh, closest friends and they were just stunned um, uh, beyond belief because you know when when I first seen uh, I asked um, Sam I said Sam I was like who did the artwork for the Brohio podcast because I really like the look of it you know what I mean and he's like well I'll contact him and see if I can find out the name and so he sent me your name that's when I contacted you and I can I just say that ours looks better than theirs that's all I'm saying <laughs> I'm going to start a fight. So now they'll probably commission you to do something even better. But I'm just saying, oh, <laughs> but I'm just saying um, you can tell that which, which, with each passing year or whatever, you're getting a, a lot better. You know what I mean? Um, because if they yeah, look at theirs and they look at ours, it's the same, you know, the same person doing it. So Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot within this year doing concepts. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the more the better, I'd say. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get you a lot of work. I know some people have already contacted me. Like, well, how, how do I get a hold of her? I know one guy is looking at doing a a, con, a podcast art logo for his new podcast. I know another one has like some anime concept that they're looking at. Uh, so you, you, I got a feeling you're gonna get your hands full. Oh yes, please, hands full. <laughs> <laughs> Hands full of money is what you're saying, right? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> hey, 
hey, you gotta have the money. We're, we're not we're not too proud to beg. Give this lady some money, right? Girls gotta eat. That's all I gotta say. Girls gotta eat. Yeah, artists artists gotta eat. You know, she will draw for food. That's very true. Very true. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, please, uh, anytime you want to throw some of your new projects in the podcast group, feel free. Um, if you ever want to come on again down the road, uh, hit hit me up. We'll throw you back on here. Um, I'm, I'm sure Terrence, Terrence will want to talk to you too because he really digs it. So we thank you for. I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing, and we love it. And you will now be part of Forever Engraved in our podcast as you know the podcast art. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, so much to me. Ah, hey. Part of this. Hey, well, you know, and I told you, I was like, if you ever want to use our likeness, you know, to fool around with different stuff, go ahead. Uh, if you want to add it to your, you know, portfolio or whatever. Oh, I will be. I, I will be adding to my portfolio. I'm very proud of it. Oh, we're very proud of it, too. So, well, I won't keep you long. I know she's actually over there in Wells, which is like a five-hour difference. It's it's like Monday at like 3, 3.30 here. It's like 8.30, almost 9, probably over there. So, uh, yeah, literally like 20 to 9 it is. Yeah. Man, it's just so weird. You know, like when I called Australia, they're like 16 hours ahead. You know, I'm here I am like at 3 in the morning, and they're like at 5 in the afternoon. You know, you're like... Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Well, thank you for coming on, and uh, if you check the Facebook post, uh, the group here in a second, I'll throw it up there, and you can add everything on underneath there, okay? Alrighty, then. Alrighty. It was nice talking to you, Natalie. Keep in touch. Yep, will do, James. Thanks again. Alright. Bye. Bye. Alright, so as you can tell, man, she is fantastic. She's a fun interview. Um, matter of fact, she messaged me the other day, said, hey, when's this coming out? You know, I didn't want to put out your thing on social media and all that, because She's actually over there in Wales, uh, the United Kingdom. So uh, she's got a little bit of a time difference. I think it's five hours um, or so. But uh, not as bad as when I talked to somebody in Australia. It was like 14 hours difference. So um, let us know what you think of her. I mean, let her know. She's in our Facebook group. Um, I'm going to tell her again to go ahead and put this um, information on our Facebook page Um put it on her own page. Um, she's going to put us in her portfolio she's doing, which is fine. Um, she's going to tell all her family and friends to listen to this. Uh, so she says she was very nervous because this is the first time she's ever been interviewed um, and that it's out there now. And I said, well, don't be, don't feel bad about it. I was like, because we'd like to be one of the ones that help uh, pro- jump, jumpstart your career in this. Um, because she does outstanding work. So, Natalie, thank you from the bottom of our heart. We, we truly, really do enjoy it. So, um, hopefully, Terrence starts feeling better this week. Um, we do have the 12 Angry Men coming up still. I have the notes done. I'm just waiting for Terrence to heal up because, um, you know, we don't want to sick Terrence. I don't want to get sick. So, hopefully, he'll be well-rested and ready to go. Um, I've also started working on the Universal Studios or Universal Studio, the Universal Monsters for this October. I've already started um, cutting through some of the notes for that. I'm really excited about that. That's some of my favorite movies. So stay tuned. Hopefully, get back on track this week where we start getting out more content. Um, we're also going to have our first watch along. So um, the Patreon listeners, if you check the secret um, Facebook page, I will have a couple of options up there. Uh, for the uh, movies I'll probably put four of them up there uh, I think you guys chose action and adventure so we'll see which ones we can we'll try, I'll try to pick up four different ones to see which ones you guys want to vote on uh, see which one you want to watch along first as we do something different 
So remember, um, you can reach us on uh, thetragedyofcinema.gmail.com. Um, we can also be reached on the Facebook, the Tragedy of Cinema podcast group. And, you know, I'd like to go ahead and just thank everybody for making this possible. I mean, you guys, it's fun. Um, I have fun time doing it. I have fun time with Terrence. So when I do one by myself, it's not really the same. So I got to throw something in there like I did at the beginning of this with the Three Stooges, just so, you know, Terrence feels like he's still part of it. Because I was getting worried about him because he wasn't answering my messages for like three days. And I was like, man, he must just be quitting the podcast. So I almost had to put out a Help Wanted ad. Um, but you know how that goes. Uh, so, no, we, we talked about it. He's he's just really been really sick. So hopefully he's on the mend. Um, if not, I'll throw out some more stuff by myself. Or if you want to be a guest, um, I've talked to somebody else about coming on. Um, he's looking at We're looking at something around Thanksgiving and something around Christmas time. Uh, he already threw out two movies that we're going to do. Um, I'm not going to tell you who it is right now. Also, if you would like to see... Art Toast back, none other than my dad. He's like, oh, you're probably going to want, people are probably going to be screaming from the rafters to bring my your dad back on. I was like, dad, I, I, no, nobody said anything. So <laughs> so here you are, dad. Here's your chance. Uh, if you guys want him back on, throw something on the Facebook, say bring him on. If you say nah, then I'll tell him nah. But uh, yeah, I'll have him on eventually. I, I think I'd like to get him in here for some of the uh, Universal stu- uh, Studios. There I go again. Man, I feel like Terrence. The uh, Universal Monster stuff, you know, because um, that was some of his favorites and some of his mom's favorites. I remember my mama, when I was young, um, we would sit there and we would draw. And she would just do these little silly things. Like she would take a pen and just circle it around, like a, like just squiggle it all the way around into a circle. And then put like two eyes and then like a mouth with some fangs. And that was the Wolfman. And then she'd do, like, the Frankenstein with, you know, the two bolts on the side of his neck and the stitches on his head. You know, just memories. Um, so if you haven't seen those, go ahead and start watching those. Um, I know there's a, probably at least eight I'm going to try to get done. I have already have two done. Um, so we're going to try to start going ahead and getting some of those recorded so we're not in a panic or a rush um, as October gets near. So, Terrence, you can't get sick no more. So with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close. And cut.